You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so glad that you made time today, and you're going to be glad because we're in our series on apologetics, on answering some of the big questions that you face when you go into your mission field uh, in a world that does not share your world view. So I'm with Dr. Bob Stewart at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. He is a professor of philosophy and theology and apologetics. Um, he was a mentor and professor to me and is a good friend, and he has agreed to help us tackle some of these big, tough questions. So question number two, Doc, and I hear this one all the time, isn't it unfair for God to send people to hell who've never heard about Jesus? Uh, I've always called this the desert island scenario. You know, that's the way it's come to me. Hey, I don't think it's fair. Could a loving God send people to hell? And then, you know, the extrapolation of that is, isn't it unfair that God's done this? So I know that as our families send their students and as our young adults go off to college um, and we re-engage our culture for the school year, ready to be on our mission field, this is a question that surrounds us. Can you help us answer this big question? Sure. The question presumes something, and the question is presuming that, uh, that there actually are people uh, who have never known that God existed, and that God sends people to hell who've never, uh, who are innocent. Uh, now, if God did do that, if, it, if, if it, I would agree it would be unfair of God to send someone who's never heard of Jesus to hell simply for not believing a message that he or she never heard. Okay? And in fact, I'll intensify that. I think there are people uh, in other religions that are just as sincere as any Christian, just as committed and just as spiritual as any Christian. so, uh, for instance, <clears throat> I deal a lot with Latter-day Saints, with Mormons. And a, a good Latter-day Saint will always tell you, I've had a spiritual experience, uh, uh, and I can testify to you. I bear you my testimony that, that the Book of Mormon is true, that sort of thing. And I don't, I don't say to them, no, you haven't had a spiritual experience. Uh, I don't say to them, no, you're not sincere. Uh, I accept that they're sincere. I accept that they've had a spiritual experience. I want to know what sort of spirit it was that they experienced. Why do you think it was the Holy Spirit? And they will always say something like, because it made me feel good. It made me feel clean. Uh, It gave me a warm feeling, a burning in my bosom. And then I will answer, well, how do you think a deceiving spirit would make you feel? Uh, Cold, clammy, yucky, sick, uh, those sorts of things. So... uh, I grant that, Uh, and I would even say if God sent people to hell simply uh, for not believing in Jesus, who never heard of Jesus, uh, who never knew that he existed, that would be unfair, okay? Uh, But the question is, does God actually do that? Or what is the basis upon which people are separated from God? And I think Scripture gives us this. So I'm going to read a section, six verses, 
uh, from the book of Romans. And uh, what I want you to do and our listeners to do is, is make a note of how many times you hear terms in these six verses that imply knowledge. Words like know, words like truth, words like evident, words like clearly seen, words like understood, words like wise, that sort of thing. And so let's listen to the word of God now. For the wrath of God is revealed there's a word knowledge term, from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. But even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God, or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. There's a whole lot of knowing going on in those six verses, wasn't there? Indeed. So the question is, why are people lost? And what we see is that people don't become lost because they don't trust Jesus. They remain lost because they don't trust Jesus. Every human being who has ever lived in any place at any time has known that there was a God because God created them in his image. And so he's got a, he's got a witness through conscience internally and a witness externally through creations. Romans, those six verses told us his invisible attributes, his eternal nature are clearly perceived through what he has made. So the truth of the matter is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news, not bad news. But the, the question is framed to present it as bad news, that, uh, that people go to hell simply for not believing in Jesus. People are already separated from God, and the gospel is the way to get back to God. Now, there is bad news. All people everywhere have rejected God. But the good news is that God loves us in spite of our universal rejection of him, and he sent Jesus into the world. So the, the, right, the right question is what needs to be asked. Nobody is saved because of how good they are, how moral they are, how intelligent they are, how spiritual they are. If God gave us what we deserve, everyone would be separated from God. We would all go to hell. None of us would be spared. Salvation is God's free gift given to us as, as a work of grace on his part, not something that we earn because of our behavior or because of our intelligence or our spirituality. The right question is not why are only some people saved, but rather why is anyone saved? And, and so that's what we, we need to see and hear and understand. So we need to make some uh, distinctions 
between justice and injustice. Now, this question is, is implicitly claiming that God is unjust or unjust and grace. Justice is giving people what they deserve. Injustice is denying people some good that they deserve. And grace is giving people better than what they deserve. And the gospel is a word of grace. So we can trust God to deal justly with all people. If they respond to the light that they have, God can be trusted to give more light. And I think this is, is something we see in Scripture. But notice, I didn't say that they would be saved by their initial response to the light that they have. I said, if they respond to the light that they have, God will give more light. And I think we see this in places like Acts 8, where we've got this Ethiopian eunuch who has come to Jerusalem to worship. And, uh, and he's got some of the Old Testament. We know he's got... Uh, he's reading Isaiah. He's, got, so he's reading know, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah. And, uh, and when he gets to Jerusalem... He wants to worship in the temple. He doesn't get to because he's a eunuch, and eunuchs can't go into the temple. But God sends Philip, who has been involved in, in mass, a successful mass evangelism in Samaria, down to this desert road uh, to witness to one Ethiopian man. And, uh, and he leads him to the Lord. Uh, or Cornelius. We read about this in Acts chapter 10, and then there's a, then there's a repeat of it in Acts chapter 11, uh, how God sends uh, Cornelius a vision, he sends Peter a vision, then he sends messengers, tells Cornelius to send messengers to Peter, and Peter to come and share the gospel with Cornelius. One Roman centurion, and as a result, Cornelius is saved and his entire household are saved. Um, now, does that sort of thing still happen today? I believe it does. Um, I'll give you a couple of stories. Uh, Randy Reidenauer is a good friend of mine, and uh, Randy uh, is a philosophy professor at Oklahoma Baptist, and uh, he was a chaplain in the military, so he's stationed in Afghanistan uh, doing uh, uh, one of his tasks was leading a Bible study uh, in the evening for, uh, for soldiers and American contractors and all English speakers, really. And um, so one evening in the Bible study, this contractor says, you're not going to believe what happened today. Well, what do you do whenever somebody sure. says, you're not uh, going to believe, yeah, yeah. I'm me. not interested in right. hearing, right? Tell me about it. And the guy says, uh, this morning I get to my office and there's this Afghani man there. I've never met him in my life. He's never met me. He asked me the question, are you an American? Yes, I am. Now, why do you ask? He said, last night I had a dream. In my dream, I saw a man with, with uh, wounds in his hands and feet, a wound in his side and blood running down from his head. And I asked him who he was. And he said, ask Find an American, and he will tell you who I am. Wow. And, uh, and so he, this Christian contractor leads this Afghani man to Jesus. Wow. 
And, uh, and that's, that's an example of God sending more light to somebody who was open to the light that he, that he already had sent. And um, that sort of thing. Uh, uh, one final story, and then I, I think we'll have to wrap up. But, uh, I, I gave a talk like this uh, seven or eight years ago. I guess it was more like six years ago uh, at, uh, at a state Louisiana thing. Um, and one of the people that heard it, it was for college students, was a young lady from China who was a science student at Tulane. And afterwards, she came and, and talked to me. She said, that was a very interesting talk. Uh, but if I understood you correctly, uh, what you were saying is that my grandparents are in hell and my parents are headed there um, and um, and I I'm troubled by that I'm not a Christian but I'm investigating Christianity I have Christian friends and uh, my response to her and you have to be sensitive in a situation oh, sure, like absolutely. this is that if what I said was true and I think it is uh, and your grandfather is in hell right now, do you think he would want you to join him? And she said, well, that's an interesting question. And now, one, one thing we need to see here is that this objection is never raised by somebody who hasn't heard the gospel. It's only possible for it to be raised by someone who has heard the gospel. So the question... Uh, first and foremost is what do people who've heard the gospel do with it not what does God do to people who haven't heard the gospel let's leave that in God's hands and trust him to be just he who has sent his son into the world to die for people who hate him uh, let's trust that he can be trusted to be just with people who haven't heard the gospel and let those who have heard the gospel respond appropriately Dr. Stewart, that's a powerful answer. Great story. I appreciate you finishing that way. Now, the last part of that story is I saw her a month later, and she'd become a believer. Fantastic. Awesome. So. That's awesome. I think that's, I think that's interesting, and I want to encourage our church family you know, to operate with a bias of trust. I believe that God is wise and just, and I believe that God is good, and that you can trust Him. Doc, I really appreciate the way you answered that question. I can't wait to hear how you answer tomorrow's question. <laughs>